0: Cowboys ain't easy to love, and they're harder to hold. They'd rather give you a song than diamonds or gold. Lone star belt buckles at old faded Levi's. Each night begins a new day. If you don't understand him, and he don't die young, you'll probably just ride away. Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Don't let them pick guitars and drive them old trucks. Let them be doctors and lawyers and such. There, that's 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 great. I don't want to roll in the perfect. song. <laughs> no, no,
1: it's actually one of the few good old boy songs that I know. Right, so it's good to hear that. Well, well, thank you. But th- and the thing is, like you know, if you've been on my website, I
0: do a lot of short videos. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and the thing is, is that I, I sometimes question if that song hasn't somewhat affected my generation because we were told to be doctors and lawyers. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, and because. Uh, you know, one of the things, and you know, we're going to get into the talk about leadership, but leadership is just messaging. Yeah. So it's just messaging. You know, people respond to what we talk about. Yes, we do.
1: You, know, you look around today, and that's what it is. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for making the trek and coming in. And uh, how do we first, we connected on IG or, or LinkedIn? Uh, IG. On IG, IG yeah, yeah. We were just chatting there. Okay. And then yeah. I, 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 I'm looking forward to this show because I think that the construction industry needs more leadership, better leader. well everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Needs better leadership. But I mean, we're going to talk about construction leadership here. And there's a lot of questions that I've got for you. And you're going to have a lot of answers for it. But uh, welcome. And I appreciate the two books that you brought for me, which I, I'm i going to give them a read and, and check them out. So well, thank, thank you.
0: you. Well, thanks for having me. And I, I, I really appreciate what you do, because it's one of those things that, you know, I, I'm just, you know, sometimes I say stuff, maybe I shouldn't, but I, I'm really proud of the people in this industry. Yeah. You know, the, and the thing is, is that they're
1: professionals. I don't maybe know that they see themselves as professionals. Most don't.
0: And, and they and are.
1: And they are. I've always said uh, I look at them no differently than professional athletes, professional any kind of career. They are just, doesn't matter if you're a low man, low woman on the pole, whatever, you're a professional in this industry.
0: Well, exactly. And that that uh, is, so I listened to this one podcast in the States, and the guy's one of the wisest men I've ever listened to. And, and he often says, you know, he says, uh, you know, f- Facebook won't build a car. You know, Twitter won't build, you know, they, they can't do anything. And, and Google Home isn't going to build a home. Like, you still need the people.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's true. We need more of them, too, as well.
0: Well, it, and not only that, to me, it's a very secure industry. Yeah. Like, you, you look at what's going on, say, more so in the big tech in the States. You know, 5,000 people, do, you know, getting laid off, 10,000 people laid off. We, we need 10,000 people.
1: Like, it's a very secure industry. Can you imagine what Canada would be like if we did have all these people that we're saying that we need have them in now like how much bigger and thriving like how we would be as a nation we would be massive on a global
0: well, well exactly and it, and i get a you know maybe a little bit biased here but every time i see a picture of dubai why couldn't calgary look like that
1: i agree with you honestly i totally agree with you <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it'd be interesting to see the line in calgary <laughs> <laughs> welcome mark let me share out the deeds here mark Nesbit is here Nesbit training uh you've been doing it for 10 years and the website is nesbittraining.ca you can reach you on your email at mark at nesbittraining.ca and obviously on ig which is mark.nesbitt right yes, yes and then also you have your own podcast as well too i do yes yeah how long you've been doing that
0: oh i think maybe about a year
1: i, I don't take it as serious as you yeah
0: but uh, oh this is
1: a this is a fiasco
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, you know i find them a lot of work
1: it's uh yes, I, I will agree with you. It's a full time job. Like yeah, uh,
0: I, I just recorded one that came out. I guess maybe last week. What's the name of your show?
1: Nesbitt Connection. Okay, yeah.
0: And um, you're the, you're
1: bringing up some really interesting conversations. That's what I like about it. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, th- they need to be talked about. Yes. Yes, very much so. Yeah, they do. So we're going to get into leadership. Uh, I got to do two little shout-outs. First of all, I'm wearing Tamir's uh, T-shirt, RVC Holmes, Ravine Holmes. Uh, Thanks so much. One of my favorites. I like these tees. And then also Tony from TC Installations. Uh, I want to give him a shout-out there. Uh, His Instagram handle is tc.installations.inc. And, of course, you can hear his story on show number 71. Way back. Way back, Tony. Um, And now over to you, Mark. I know that... I guess my first question for you, good or bad, how do we make both the both types of leaders? How do we because I I have a funny feeling that we actually make bad leaders. Not we in general, but any industry we get into, a bad leader is formed, but then also you have the opportunity to be a good leader as well. So what are the requirements that makes both of those?
0: Well, I think what worked for me in particular is that I had a desire to improve my leadership skills. You know, because I'll, I'll give you an example. You know, I, 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 I always say I'm not good enough to stay the same. Like like I saw how I, you know, and quite often, like I, I'm very fortunate, I've been training probably now with well over 100 companies. And, you know, I quite often tell them, I could come in here and talk for two days and just tell you all the stupid stuff that I did and just don't do that and they're going to be wiser. <laughs> but, but nobody ever takes us... You know, nobody ever takes the time to show what leadership skills are. Like it just it's it's unheard of. Yeah, like the Are screen. they just too
1: busy in the day to day that I, we need to grow? We need to figure out our next product launch. We need to figure out what our servicing is. Like, are they busy that way that they don't want to really focus on clear direction?
0: Well, I, I, I don't want to obviously say anything negative about a certain people, but the th- the thing is, one of the things that I have learned, and I'm not, you know, I, I'm not. Um, uh, somebody called me an intellect of the day, and I almost took it as an insult. But, but at the same time, i probably read 200 books. I know on my phone I've got over 300 audiobooks. So I, I do a lot of reading and a lot of listening. Yeah. So the stuff I share is stuff that I learned, okay? So I, I read this book one time, and this gentleman said that there's a world of difference with the people that take a shower before work and the people that take a shower after work. What's the difference? There's a world of difference. A world of difference. Okay. The, the, the people, you know, I do both. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and I started having the shower after work, okay. and I, and then I moved myself into position. Where I had to take the shower before work. Okay, but but the thing is, is that one of the things I think in particular, and I'm not you know being negative at this because both of our girls have gone to university, our daughters. So I'm I'm not against going to university. My experience has been, you get somebody that's very very well educated. Some of this, we we'll say, fuzzy stuff about being leadership, I think they think it's beneath them. Really is it's too simple. Like, it's just too simple. Anybody can do it? Well, it's easy to apply, but of course they have to change. Yeah. You know, remember, I'll give you an example. I left home the day I turned 16, okay? And I grew up in a family business. So I knew that I was leaving the family business and I, le- I, I left and I never went back. And the reason I say this is I learned at a very early age that we never leave the company we usually leave the leader okay and that's you know and and you ask somebody why they leave it's like why'd you leave well the, you know they didn't say hi it's always something small typically you know and and this is why i say it's it, it's it's sometimes it's so simple and so easy that we miss it that that's been my experience with with, with we'll say maybe sometimes more of the senior leaders um one of the things that I've seen in particular is because I've got a real passion for working with boots on the ground. Okay. I, I, I you don't in, mind getting dirty. Well, I don't mind getting dirty, but I, I, you know, I, I've, I, I know what it's like to be in their position, yes. to be frustrated, being told to do something like, why are we doing it this way? You know, like, we could do this a better We have it, right? the right to question. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, if you want something organized, sometimes they know how to organize it better than the leaders do. So, but they don't know how to sometimes explain it. Sometimes just using a bunch of curse words and telling their boss they're stupid doesn't
1: work. I've tried it. It doesn't work. But well, there's a fault there in construction because one of the biggest things is communication. Well, exactly. Right? It doesn't matter who you are, whether you're a leader or you're, you know, the new labor on the site. It's communication, right?
0: Well, and look, we Some of the best tradespeople that I know in particular are not good communicators. I know.
1: You know they, I know exactly who you're talking about. They do they're so
0: good at what they do they just want to work mm-hmm. and, and that's fine but if they want to get ahead you know they need to learn to communicate and, and let's face it to me uh, the, uh, like edward deming he have you ever heard of edward deming
1: it sounds familiar
0: so he went over to japan and taught the japanese how to make a quality product in the yeah, 50s yeah yeah yeah.
1: That's, okay i know you about it yeah and, 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 and
0: edward deming says if you don't know how to do the job you don't understand the process how can you lead it and sometimes we have people in positions today who don't know how to do the job, but yet the people that do know how to do the job maybe aren't eloquent enough,
1: you know, the way they express it or the way they ask something, you know, to get somebody else to do it. Is that go back to the original point you brought up regarding people looking at leadership as if it's beneath them where they just sidestep the workable hours to become a good leader? Is that what happens in that situation?
0: Well, well there is, but... the, the, the but in the last few years, of course, things have gone
1: crazy. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think one of the things, and it's affecting, you know, to me it's affecting the nation, people
1: don't see a future.
0: It's like They just don't.
1: Or the effort to change it?
0: Yeah. Like, why would that? Like, you know, like, why am I going
1: to, you know, no one person can make a change kind of mentality, right?
0: Th- that's right. But the thing is, is that somebody has to be the one to do it. And it's interesting, I was listening to this podcast today and the guy showed how it's the second person that joins in that helps make the change. You know, somebody has an idea. All it takes is that second person to make the change and like somebody else who join in and somebody else who join in. And, and, and the, the only way you're ever going to change the world is small groups. Yeah. You know, it, it's like it, it's up to say you and I, if we see something wrong, you know, to, I think we have to speak up about it. Yeah. You know, we just can't sit in our hands and accept it. And, and to me, there's a lot of people are doing that, but too many. But in construction, there's fear. There is fear. Um, but the th- and the thing is, too, is that we, we see it not so much in construction, but on a, you know, on a political level. Yeah. Um, the easiest way to control people is to keep them scared. Yeah. Like if you tell the entire country that they've got to start eating bugs because the world's going to end, well, well they're going to they're follow you because you've got them full of fear. And in the old days in construction it was the same way. You, you know, like I worked for a company for 25 years, great company, and you know it was. It was let's just say it was there were certain things that you did, and everybody knew if you did it, you would lose your job. Hmm. And but of course, people didn't do those things. Yeah. You know, so sometimes fear can be good. You know, that's part of the culture, because I think today, um, I work with a lot of companies. You'd be surprised how many are afraid to say anything to their people or discipline their people because, well, if I lose them, there's nobody else.
1: Like mechanics in particular. But that's not a s- truthful statement, right? But they just honestly believe it in within themselves that if this person goes, our company goes? Is that the idea?
0: Well, I think what it is, well, like this one company in particular, they've got, we'll say, uh, uh, we'll say a, a couple of mechanics who they work a night shift and they've just arbitrarily changed their own hours and started you know, not maybe following what the what the leaders asked to do. Okay, and of course the leader said, "Hey, look, I'm afraid if I lose these two, I won't get another one." Because, like, I don't know what it's like because I'm in Ottawa, right? Mechanics are they're impossible to find.
1: It's impossible. Difficult. Everybody in any kind of hands-on industry right now is having a difficult time it's just a constant conversation nobody's really i guess a lot of people are still trying to have that faith where let's just give it a try let's just reach out let's have some kids come in and out or whatever and then we'll give them an opportunity but then you know you'll get a cross-section of everything someone will stay for a little bit get another job opportunity for a dollar more and bolt and then move on and then you got to try all over again so i mean we're construction people in general are trying almost all kinds of things to try to get the workforce in there but the workforce is not there. So I guess every kid's looking at other opportunities that they think will make them more money. Is it just all money driven these days? It is, and the funny thing is, is that, so I, I, I do some
0: work with this one company, I've got, I don't know, over a thousand employees. And you know, of course, everybody's it's unionized company, nice company, you know, very professionals, and they claim in any given day they're missing 25% of their workforce. So if money's the issue, why aren't they showing up for work? Like, I, I, I don't understand So that's that. not the issue then? I, I don't understand that. Like it's, it's, it's not. And not only that is that it's, – it's, so I, again, I was doing some work with the company last fall and they were saying that they had a hard time, you know, because an operator would leave for a buck an hour or whatever. So I said, okay, has anybody ever discussed with them what they can do with their money? And they said, what do you mean by that? Because again, to get back to some of the – whether it's leadership or finance – I'm not so certain a lot of people that work in the industry today know what to do with their money. Like they don't know to pay themselves that 10% first. So, so that being said, if money is so important, do they understand it? So, I just, you know, a lot of people have never heard of the rule of 72. Yeah. You know, about how you divide by the 72 at the interest rate, it tells you how long it takes to double your money. A lot of people have never heard of that. So, if money is so
1: important to them, you'd think that they would look after their money. Like that. I go back to construction. Everyone just punches their clock and they know exactly what they're making. They have security, they've secured a contract, they have worked for so many years, so this is what I made. But I mean, I think there's probably single digit or maybe low double digit tradespeople that actually f- know for a fact exactly to the dollar what they're making, what they're getting for their skill set. Yeah. But they don't spend the time or effort well, like you said earlier, like they're so fixated on the actual work. Let's just do the work, get the work done. Yeah. And I know that through the pandemic years, a lot of people were extremely busy. A lot of people were working. My question to that was always, but are you making money? Like, are you actually figuring out how you're growing this, moving it forward? Or are you just busy? Well, well
0: exactly, because that's, you know, and that, that happens. It does. Because it does. You know, it, 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 especially when you look at let's say, the cost of things, and you, you see it. Yeah. You don't raise your prices and... and well, but we month. weren't
1: allowed to. As laborers, as tradespeople, we weren't allowed to increase our price in line with what material costs were increasing now inflation, what it's increasing. We weren't allowed to because we were being priced out and and what happened was people were getting into the industry that were pricing us out, and then they were getting the work, making mistakes, and then having problems, and then just walking away from it because they don't have the reputation that these skilled laborers were actually building their brand on. Yes. So then, then we're the bad people at that point, right? Which is, it's like a constant stereotypical cycle, right? Well, well it is. So I
0: have an uncle who, um, you know, for years, he, he literally would, he, he gutted homes, typically... Really nice exclusive homes million dollar two million dollar homes gutted them and kind of redid them and i remember i wasn't very old and i asked him i said like why don't you build homes And he just turned to me and he says when you build homes he said your biggest competition is either just starting up or just going broke <laughs>
1: he's right and, and is that not what you're referring to yeah that's exactly what it that's what we do that's what we deal with on a daily yeah it's very very true Which it shouldn't be like, I mean, uh, and then you get the established tradespeople, the the companies that want to educate their clients. They want to show them, you need to compare me to another Apple. You cannot compare me to something else that's not in the same ballpark. Like you have to be fair about it. Because the thing is, if you did do your homework and you did try to get two or three other quotes, we would all be in the same line. And at that point, it's based on character and personality that you're hiring. But they're not. Today, especially in construction, they're hiring on price.
0: Well, well, that's, again, when you've got 75% of the population and debt, you know, the interest going up, that's, you know, that's what's driving that. But at the same time, and again, it gets back to tradespeople that are business owners, for tradespeople as well. Everybody's a salesman. Oh, you have to be. You know, whether we recognize it or not, we're selling our ideas. And, and, and you'd be surprised, in my opinion, you'd be surprised how many people... I'll give an example. Our daughter got engaged here two weeks ago, and, she, and she's looking for a venue to hold her wedding at.
1: How's that adventure?
0: Whoa. <laughs> it, it, like, it, they've, they flat out told her that you should have started looking for a venue the day you started dating because they can't get one. Wow, okay. But, but, but the reason I say this, they went to this place, and, and, and beautiful place, and uh, the, I guess the wife who typically does the tours wasn't there, and then the husband gives the tour. So they say, hey, that could work. To do it here. This is a beautiful spot. So that I guess the wife sent the contract, and of course the contract is different than what the husband said. So my I guess for my future son-in-law says, like these people have like no business, you know, ethics. running the business. Yeah, like they should have a package that's simple and straightforward. But you surprised how many companies don't do that. You know, we we see it all the time. You know, again, you look at I, I like looking. Success leaves clues. And if you watch, say, some very successful companies, they all have one thing in common, and that is they train their people really well before they start work. Really well. Now, I I want to be careful saying this because Disney somewhat lost their way, but
1: Disney had at
0: one time, what there's a book you had by called Disney University. I know. I know about
1: it, yeah. Yeah, Their model was like, that's what you studied. Exactly. Right? Because it worked exactly so okay so i think i
0: mentioned earlier i managed Corey's, right that's i did that for 25 years
1: yeah and yeah i want people to understand that you you're one of us you you know what what's going on in this industry right it's not just like you're looking at an opportunity or whatever and you're just trying to help people for the sake of just here you go here's an opportunity no 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 you're one of us you get dirty you your boots on the ground you actually went to sites you went to places you spoke to tradespeople. you dealt with people you you dealt with blue-collar people you are a blue-collar person right
0: I am. I, yeah, it, and, through and through. And that even on the weekends, I still... You know, that's, I think you might have seen the
1: pictures. Tinkering around, right? Gosh,
0: gosh, I, you know, I fabricated a barbecue cart this weekend at a two-inch steel on my drive. Nobody ever retires. Crazy. When you
1: get in this industry, you're stuck. It's like the godfather. Like yeah. this, is, you're in there, you're good, that's it, done.
0: Well, well, and the thing is, is that I think that brings up something important. When progress equals happiness, there are very few trades or careers, whatever you want to call it, that you can get into, where at the end of the day you can see what you've accomplished. And, and, and in this industry in particular, you know, we accomplish something every day. Yeah. And, and whether we celebrate it or not, that's up to us. And I think there's a golden opportunity there, you know, to, to be able to say, hey, look, at, I'll give you an example. I, I live in Ottawa, as you know, and you know, being in business i was in for 25 years i don't know that i can drive on a street in ottawa that i didn't either make the stone for the base or make the stone for the asphalt you know so so like and that being said i can say to my kids hey look i remember you know making the stone for this and so that being said you feel good because you can show something off yeah very much you know i've got a daughter who works for a consulting company and you know works very hard but like at the end of the day she's looked at a laptop all day
1: and is she
0: happy uh, I think so, okay. but at the same time, you know, I know that some days she questions it. You know, if, if there's something else, just because you know it's, it's big and corporate and you know.
1: But I mean, going back to leadership, with I, and I want to tackle both sides because I know that you you've worked with big companies, but you've also worked with small companies. And at some point, that tradesperson has to sit down in front of a laptop. They have to sit down in an office or in their vehicle, or whatever, and they have to figure out a plan. They have to figure out how to approach this, how to learn it, how to understand it, and then how to apply it. How do you handle that with people?
0: Well, obviously one-on-one. Okay. And we've got to take the time to do it. And not only that, is there, there's, a, um, there's, a, there's a way to do everything. Like I put together a program actually on how to train, uh, bring, people, bring people in off the street and show them how to do a job. There's, okay. there's a certain way to do it. I didn't create this. They actually developed a system called training within industry when the Second World War started. And that being said, you know you got to kind of show them, you know, that these are the kind of the basic steps, you know. And of course, you know, then of course, well, actually, I just let me yeah, pull up some I, I stuff. Some, I know you have some stuff yeah, here that you want a, to share, a, right? Yeah, I have a slide here that actually shows it. Sorry going to show that yeah, so no i course. want you
1: to talk it's up to you i'd love for you to talk about the bionic air right so i know that you actually did a show about it and it's on your website
0: yeah so that being said when you go show something to do something you gotta what, what are the important steps okay you know, what, what are the important steps well, the first thing i do is you got to get your area clean ready to go and and none of that is that somebody comes in first day on the job the place had better be clean when they show up
1: yep because if it's dirty when they show up they think that's normal it's a reflection of your brand
0: well, exactly. But then they just think it's normal. So it's, you know, and you that hire, shouldn't
1: be the case.
0: So I work with a lot of companies, say, with equipment. And if you bring somebody in and give them an excavator, that excavator is dirty and not serviced, Well, That's the way it's going to be.
1: Yeah. You know, you, they you won't know. improve it.
0: Exactly. You know, pe- people are like gravity. They always kind of go downhill. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> so, so that being said, there's, you know, there's always an important step. And then, of course, there's, there's, there's the key points. Yeah. You know, what's, and, of course, and then not only that, we've got to explain the reason why. You know, and, and I think it's, it's fair to say that sometimes we miss that. You know, I, th- I think we miss that and, and we just, you know, I'll give an example. I remember when I was a kid, because again, I worked with my father and I'm not here to bash him, but I remember I would ask him sometimes, he would tell me to do something. Oh, I would
1: do the exact same thing, but I'm Portuguese, so I would get a smack on the head <laughs> if I questioned something that I guess he didn't have the answer or want to answer it.
0: Well, and the, and the answer I got was, well, because I said so anybody <laughs> Or if anybody, asked, if you, or if anybody we asks, tell them those. you don't know.
1: Yeah, we get a lot of those, yeah. But,
0: but like, how how does that, you know, and the thing is, one of the things that I've seen is that myself in particular, when my father told me not to do something, the second he left the art, I tried it to see why. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I did the exact same thing. and,
1: and Then you would do it, prove it, and show him, and he would have nothing... He wouldn't say anything positive about it. Well, of
0: course not. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> but but that being said, you know, so, like I said, so we, we got to make it a point and, and, and steps to why? do. It. So why? I, so so I give an example. When I was managing Corey's, um I was like a I guess you'd call it a sponsor to this guy who was a manager. Just we're going back fifteen years ago. He was a general manager of a Moxie's restaurant in Canada. Okay. And we went for coffee one Sunday morning, and I just kind of casually said to him, "I says like, how do you train your staff?" And he said, well, he says to start with, and I may get this mixed up, but he says, we give them a 75-page
1: manual to read. Before they start work. Before they start
0: work, they have to answer a 50-question test. I might have them mixed up, but it's either one of the others. Either one is heavy. Yeah. And, okay. And th- then he said they have to work uh, 10 four-hour shifts with a senior server.
1: Using digital platforms in our industry is becoming more common, especially among the young folks, because it improves efficiency, prevents mistakes, and overall makes our lives as contractors easier. This is why we partnered with Connect Team, a platform built to manage, train, and communicate with your team. Connect Team's desktop version gives managers a live overview of the business to track work hours, create schedules, make sure the business meets compliance, and so much more employees just download the app to their mobile to clock in and out share safety reports and get updates all in one place ensuring they've got what they need to perform at their best connect team has a free plan and a 14-day free trial try them today by checking out the link in the show notes just shadow just shadow okay that was
0: to serve food at a moxie's restaurant okay and at that time we'd bring in a loader operator and we'd have a loader worth half million dollars and we'd say you know go to town yeah, and then we wonder why it failed.
1: It's very rare, though, Mark, that you get kids voluntarily saying, "I'll work for free for a week just to get a sense, so you can get a sense of who I am." I,
0: I think they did get paid though for the training. Oh, for the training. It's just that I was okay. you know, before but they but that hired.
1: it's very rare, even in construction in general, to just give that. It's kind of like, when can you start? Can you show up on time? be a part of this and then get working away. That nobody that I know of in construction actually will sit them down and give them those hours associated with the task before they get started.
0: But, but And then that's, thing again, success. I disagree
1: with it. I totally, I, I like what moxie's doing there. That makes a lot of sense.
0: Well, again, success leaves clues and so does failures. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. So, and, so I'll give you an example. I, I, this, I, I do a lot of work at concrete precast plants. Just, just one group in particular, they get three plants and they keep me pretty busy. Okay. So one of the things I like to do is you go and ask somebody they've only been there maybe a couple of days, maybe a week in the job. Say, hey, look, what what could they have done different to do the onboarding? And you'd be surprised what you can hear just asking questions, especially a third party. Like if you know they if, open if, up, well, of course, yeah, they sing like birds. Mm-hmm. But but there's a gentleman there, and um, just to kind of add some relevance, his name is Mario. And the guy, and he's Portuguese, and very very good at what he does, very skilled. And he's one of these get her done type of guy, and yeah. really awesome guy. But you sometimes maybe just kind of need to keep a leash on him because he's so passionate, right? So, so I just said to him one day, I said, "Look at you know what? What's your take of this place? Like what, what you know? What, what, you know, what do you tell somebody when they first come in here?" And he went on a rant like he would not believe. He said, "I came here. I think he said it was twenty two years ago." He said, "I was living with my parents in the basement." And he says, now I got a house that's paid for cash. And he says, I got kids and everything because of this place. So, like, and and I've suggested to this company, why wouldn't you videotape that? When you have somebody new comes into work. To see that, to hear it. Because we need to hear that. Kids can't see the future. We can't see the future.
1: The opportunities.
0: Yeah. But one of the things that I've seen, please tell me if I'm wrong, I don't think there's ever been a a time. In the history of mankind, when it's been easier for somebody to get ahead and become a leader or a manager in any business, trades in particular, nobody wants to do it.
1: Yeah. And now is the time. Exactly. Now is like one of the best times ever.
0: It's, it's, you know, and then like, again, so I, I learn a lot from my kids. Right? i got two daughters. And, and, of course, my one daughter, she, you know, she shares with me some of the stuff. That she sees at work that she questions. I said, well, look at you know, when you get into that position, don't do that. Like mm-hmm. this is the best school you're ever going to go to. And that's how we have to have that attitude. Hey, look at this, you know when I get here, I'm not going to do this. And that was the attitude that I had.
1: So, so don't be afraid to ask the, well, well, the, the reason or understand the reasons why.
0: Well, exactly, because and not only that is it when it comes to leadership, one of the things that we have to understand is that we need to help people with their lives. You know, the, I'm not sure, again, d- d- geographically things can be different, but we've got people sometimes that show up to work, first day at, at work, and everything they own is either in the backseat of their car or in their knapsack. And, you know, they're, they're not the silver spoon kids of the world. Yeah. So, so we need to help them with their lives. And, and not only really that is something not that I've failed victim to this. When you don't have a father
1: at an early age,
0: you look up to your leader as a parent
1: there's a lot of that in construction
0: exactly yeah
1: exactly like
0: i would have walked on burning coals for one of my bosses like I just i would have did that for him
1: and all the opportunities that these these good leaders were giving these kids exactly right and they they saw it there was gratitude there yeah. yes and,
0: and the thing that the thing that i think we miss a lot of people miss as leaders we go first mm-hmm. as leaders we go first you know, we're the ones that have to reach out and get to know them and you know, see look and how can I help you? Where do you want to be in five years? You know. We have to go first. You know, sometimes there's a stigma where they need to come to us and sometimes it's as simple as saying hello in the morning. You know, as leaders we go first. We gotta remember that.
1: But also as leaders you should be aware or paying attention to their body language and how they are to see if they want to be approached, right? If they if they are interested in something else or if they want to advance or they want to learn something and you give them the opportunity.
0: Well, well exactly. And again, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. I'll go back to um, the, one of the things that I learned at a precast plant. There's the, one plant, the first job that they got, the new people do first day on the job was to just dress the pipes. After they pulled the, the mold off, they literally just dressed the pipe. And of course, some of the older, a lot of the Portuguese guys, you know, had one guy would use a kind of like a Room, the other guy used like a piece of burlap. Everybody had a way of doing it, okay? But, but the reason I point out is that that first day on the job, they gave them the absolute dirtiest job, and then they wondered why people didn't stick around. So they learned, that, hey, look, at obviously we've got to change what we're doing. And they did, and you know, they've been very successful as a result of it. But like, sometimes we just got to ask ourselves, yes, we don't want to be too soft. We're not telling them to bring their dog to work and put a beanbag chair in the corner. That's not what we're all about. But that doesn't mean, you know, we, we can't maybe look at what's working and what's not.
1: Was it an old school mentality where it's like, let's give them the toughest part and see who we weed out?
0: Um, I, I think it was more, well, that's just, the way we've always done it.
1: Okay. That's how I was trained. Which is a famous <laughs> line in construction, right? Isn't
0: it though? Isn't it? And, and we have to be looking at better ways to do it. Mm-hmm. We do. Because you've got to remember, the people that show up to, 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 to work on our job sites there's somebody's son or daughter. And I know if somebody does something to my daughter that I don't like, I get pretty irritated about it. Of course. And, yeah. and I have that same responsibility with somebody else's son or daughter.
1: It's missed opportunities too. As a, as a leader, owner of a business, like you might be dismissing somebody that has this huge potential ahead of them. And you won't see it until later on when they've moved on to other places and they're working for somebody else. And construction's small. You'll cross paths. And then all of a sudden you'll hear about this kid that you dismissed that you didn't care for is leading their own outfit now and they're doing things properly. They took the lessons.
0: Well, there's, there's what's called late bloomers. Mm-hmm. So it, so it, you know, the, my position where I left this company I was there a long time. I actually was the general manager of the aggregate divisions. Okay? So I looked after all the aggregate operations. We had probably I don't know 100 employees maybe. And we, we'd have meetings almost daily with the management team and we'd discuss you know, what was happening. Sometimes it was labor issues, sometimes it was equipment stuff. And every now and again, somebody would say, well, we hired this person, and they're, you know, they're not really panning out. And, and I would share with them, and this is not a word of a lie, I got a job when I was 16 years of age operating a loader for this company,
1: okay? Okay.
0: Because I'd ran a loader since I was like 12 or 13, so.
1: Perfectly legal. Well, exactly.
0: <laughs> so I'm 16 years of age, and I'm operating a loader for this company, and I was known as the guy that could do a wheelie with a loader. You know, I could get the back wheels and I'd go forever. So I just kind of said to them, look at, look at me. I, I was the idiot doing the wheelies and look where I am now. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, we, we we can't, you know, we sometimes we got to, what, what's behind
1: it too, right? Potential. Yeah. Potential. Yeah. Um, so how do you start? How do you start with, I guess my, my, my first, uh, the other question I want to ask you is that how do you get the bad habits out? Because we... They have this mindset you come into the business you start a business you either learn from taking over what your dad or somebody did or what others are doing and that's how it's always been but you know in the back of your head there's bad habits here we need to change this whole model how do you get those out of those leaders
0: i think the easiest way to do it and i I want to be careful i'm not selling myself here too much but the easiest thing to do is you got to train it out of them yeah and not only that is it a lot of us myself in particular you know, we'll try something maybe and do it once and not do it again. It's, it, it's no different than going to the gym. You know, if you went to the gym twice or if you went every six months, you're not going to see improvements. You know, you've you got to keep talking about this is what we're doing. And, and not only that is that I think a lot of companies will say, miss your opportunity even to have a vision statement. Mm-hmm. You, know, like, you know, one of my favorite sayings is, you know, where there is no vision, people will perish. You ask a lot of people where they're going, they didn't even know. You know, like my, the vision statement for my company, just building better leaders. I'm well, all as of, soon
1: as you find that vision, you want to share that vision with the team.
0: Exactly. And it's, 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 it's if you ever been to the dog races in Florida, you know, where they put that yeah. the chicken around the track, let's get the dog chases. That's what a vision does to your company.
1: Yeah.
0: And not only that is when you bring somebody in, like in Toyota, Toyota have gone from the, the very first car they made, they made the fenders over a stump with a hammer. Okay, <laughs> to be in the number one automobile manufacturer in the world, okay, they got to be doing Globally. something right. Yeah. yeah, they have to be doing something right, and they actually have this system where they where they break it down and they train people on certain jobs. And like when we bring people in, we can say like, you know, maybe you don't know a lot now, but you know, by the end of you know two months' time, you're going to know how to run a quick cut. You're going to use an know how to use an overhead
1: crane. Maybe we'll get your license for a forklift. You got to paint a picture and show them where they're going. Didn't to. Toyota- focus on strengths whoever had strengths and they kind of geared them towards that and then it contributed to the overall picture of things
0: well that's the thing and yes but yeah. i think that's any company like you know it's 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 80 20, well no but in
1: i go it's always nice to compare it to construction and back and forth because the thing is that you'll just like you're the new guy So you don't get that opportunity. You don't get to go there. You're the new guy. You're doing the worst jobs. It's like, you shouldn't be looking at that. You should probably be speaking to the person, interviewing the person, trying to get an understanding of the person and finding out what their strengths are, what their interests are, where they want to eventually go. not that you're going to park them right at the front of the line and doing the cherry picking of the job or whatever, but at least you understand that that's where the potential is going to go for that person. And that's a leader. Well, well, exactly. And again, that falls back into
0: this training process. Yeah. Interesting thing. I started with my team, I don't know, 15, 16 years ago, back you know, in the day. I actually started what I called my farm team. And it was one of those things that, you know, if somebody was away for a day, we had somebody that could fill in. Yeah. And, and like that's almost like an unheard of concept in construction, having a farm team. And not, not only that, is when you... Um, say, share that with people, that, hey, look, if we want you to go here. They see they got something to work towards. Everybody wants to win. We all want to see that we're going to get ahead. I, and I don't know that we paint a good enough picture sometimes for some of the people that come into the industry. I, I just think we can do a better job. I agree. Yeah, they don't.
1: But then they don't for a variety of reasons, and sometimes it's always about I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going to make my competition. That's how they look at it. So why would I want to do that? This person is eventually going to be my competition where I'm going to be competing against them on a future project. You can't look at it that way. You can't because you've got to remember, every time you
0: teach, you get better. Yes. So have you ever heard of um, Horst Schultz, the guy that ran the Ritz Carlton Hotel chain? Yeah. So uh, if you ever good listeners, Andy Stanley's podcast, he's a Horst Schultz on there, and he talks about how they do onboarding. Okay. And the way he does onboarding is it's, it's amazing. Like when you bring, when was the last time you bought a car? You bought a car recently? Three years ago. Okay, so the day you bought the car, did the salesman, did he tell you that you couldn't tax and drive, couldn't drink and drive, had to wear your
1: seatbelt? He was doing all three of those things while he was selling the car
0: okay that's odd but (laughs) no 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 but you know what i mean it wasn't a part of the conversation yeah like and if he did you just stick your car up your ass buddy like exactly yeah but but what do we do with the people the first day in the job
1: No, he sold it he sold it on emotion he sold it on uh, the connectivity of it he sold it on that right
0: emotions trump logic every time yeah we're creatures of emotions yes and we need to understand that with our people but but i think this is like i say we do onboarding first thing we do we bring them in oh you gotta, you gotta wear this and you gotta do this so it's, it's like it's like watching John Deere paint dry and like it's like you know, I, I think we could do a better job more inspired we have to do that I understand that I just don't think we need to do it right out the gate
1: I really want and I love that you're bringing up all these examples Mark is I really want construction people that listen to the show to look outside of the industry to make our industry better so get these stories like the Carlton, get these other stories and figure out what they did and how they did it. It's applicable to construction.
0: Well, very much so. Very much so. I'll, I'll, I'll give you another one. I love watching Chick-fil-A,
1: okay? Yeah. And, and love eating their food, too, but I
0: just, I love watching Chick-fil-A. And, and Truett Kathy, the guy that started Chick-fil-A, was a genius. And I, you know, I've read, you know, he wrote a book that's called uh, It's Easier to uh, Grow Boys and to Mend Men. Mm. And, and I think there's some truth to that. Yeah. But, but would you look at what Chick-fil-A does they actually have a training facility set up indoors about the size of a football field. Okay. And they have golf carts where people go through and they assimilate a drive through window. And that's how they get their training before they go to the store. Smart. It is, but like it, it, when you go to a Chick-fil-A, you get served right away and it typically works.
1: It's funny that you bring that up, Mark. Cause I'd, some of the times like when I got started in construction, Every time I wanted to try something unique and different because I always wanted to learn and try new ideas, and that's what kind of built my brand, not every client was signing off on it because they were too nervous. They wanted the simple, maybe it would be a for sale sign renovation eventually, right? So they didn't want, but then the odd time it would be, but then there's other times that I still want to try the idea and I would try it on my own place. And the thing is that you get the tradespeople that you start building a team with to come and work with you. The mindset that you have as a collective when you're working on something new and engaging and you're trying something is far different than just doing the standard over and over on a client's house or, or whatever project. It exactly. Is. But then, you got to, then I start sitting back and you start understanding, why is there such a hunger when we're like, we're all sitting there, you have different trades that are specialties in, in their, their, their product, but they're problem solving as the group. So they're not just looking at their segment, they're looking at the overall and what we're going to achieve. And it was a different mindset than just going in and punching the clock and just getting the job done. And I, I thrive more on those ideas, those moments, those opportunities with having those conversations where... You'd be at the site, you'd be working, you're trying to figure it out. You didn't figure it out because it's still rattling in your head. You go home and then you're texting, communicating back and forth, and then you're coming back the next day, and then you, someone figured it out or they came up with a solution or a detail or whatever, and now that contributed to moving forward. Those are the opportunities I've, I loved about construction.
0: Well, well, yes, yeah, so not that is it. I want to share this before I forget. I wish I would have known this saying when I was in a leadership position, yeah. let's we'll Yeah. Because a lot of the stuff you learn may be too late, but it happens for a reason. But the thing is, and again, one of the most important questions you could ask in a situation like that, if you were me, what would you do differently? You'd yeah. be surprised when you ask the question you know, how people weigh in on it. So I just want to share some. So there's a book called The Power of Habits. Okay, by Charles Duhigg. Have you read it? I haven't read it yet. No, I know of it. it it's an amazing book. And one of the things that, he, that Charles Duhigg says is that not, it kind of reflects in what you're saying is when we do something for 90 days, you know, it's the same thing day after day after day, our human brain shuts off and it becomes a habit and we
1: don't think. Drive it to work. Same a, course. How many, how many
0: times you forgot the way to work? The, not the way to work, but the, the drive to work. Yeah. So that's why when you bring out something new and exciting like this, you know, it creates that opportunity to, you know, to do something different. It gets people involved. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's why this stuff is good. We have to do that. And not only really that, is it, it was um, Patrick Lencioni wrote in one of his books who talked about how, you know, I think it was a book he did on silos, and he says if, you know, one of the only places that he found where there wasn't kind of each department kind of worried about themselves and not helping that other department was the emergency room at a hospital like when somebody goes in there having a heart attack it's just all hands down yeah and everybody's in yeah you know they've created this call it a thematic goal yeah and there's no reason we can't do that and as leaders we have to be doing that and so to kind of I'm not sure how you see this, but I see a lot of the people I get to work with are, we'll say, working foremen, and, you know, and I'm somewhat guilty of this myself. I get so busy working, I forget to be the foreman. Mm. And, and you know, we'll have a little bit of fun here. The Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, when you watch a hockey game, you never see the coach on the ice when they're down two-one. No. You know, the coach is designing the plays. You know, and, and that's what the leader's job is. Because sometimes. We get so busy working in the business, we forget to work on it. And, and I can be guilty of that too. I can be so busy working with different company training, I forget to line up work. That
1: happens especially in construction, though.
0: Exactly, but but the thing is, is when you talk about it, and this is why you know you got to have this you know kind of a fellowship of people listen to podcasts. You hear, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I should do that because mm-hmm. we forget about these things. Because well, one of the things that I've learned, even with with, with the training I do, the teaching I do. People don't necessarily need to be taught. They need to be reminded. That's a good point. And that happens to me. My wife's really good at reminding me of the stuff I should be doing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But you should get more and more companies and that. They'll start it. They'll work on it. But then once the season gets really busy and they're working hard and all of a sudden it's job after job and they've been fortunate enough to get more and more contracts, they forget about it. And that's where somebody Or they myself. push it to the side, right?
0: Yeah, that's where you know, I, I work with companies. Everyone's different. There's some companies like I go in an hour a week. Like, you know, and the, just that hour a week, you've got to take. Yeah. You've know, you got to take time to sharpen the saw. And it, you'd be surprised just how it, you know, it gets to say, okay, this is the reset, You know, this is what we're doing. And so, like I said, we, we need to do that. That's what leaders need to do. Because, yeah. got to remember, leadership is influence. It is. You know, where we're influencing people to do things, you know, for a common goal. And, and if they don't know what the goal is, not only that, did we paint a picture of what it's supposed to look like? You know, lots of times we don't maybe take the time to paint a picture. Isn't that going to look nice? The fireplace is going to be over here, and there's going to be this color of stone you talk about, it, it gets people excited. You know, we have to paint a picture.
1: We do that really well with the actual physical work. Mm-hmm. We sell that really well for that physical work but the business portion of it. I think people are just too afraid to pump the brakes and just go, listen, hang on. We've got to reevaluate things here. We've got to figure out what's going on here. But if you told them that if you did all these things and exercised that muscle, your business is going to improve.
0: Well, of course it is. Not, not only that is it, and, and this happened to me. One of the things that I've seen time and time again, you bring people in and give them any kind of training. It, it kind of turns on a switch that, hey, look, this business cares about me. It's You'd true. be surprised how that and that happened to me. I remember one of the first training courses my boss put me I thought, I guess you must be keeping me around.
1: It's like I say, it shows that you care
0: about your people sometimes.
1: And it goes back to the earlier point about they don't leave because of money. No. You may think that they're leaving for that one extra dollar. They're not leaving for that. If, if there was better leadership and there was better business practices going on in this business and they saw the potential for themselves as well as the business, they would stay. Exactly. contribute be a part of it the and thing. then give up some ideas and grow but it's, it's, it's called ownership you know, uh, they yeah. can be, take ownership yeah
0: and, and again i don't know that we take the time to do that. i think we could do a better job of doing that i really believe that
1: um how do we do this every single day how do you tackle that how does a trades person wake up in the morning and start off the day how should they start that day
0: well it's interesting i actually gave you a book that you read a page every day and just literally read that page. It takes a couple of seconds to read it. Yeah. Um, everybody, most everybody, drives to work. You know, you can listen to a podcast. You know, I, I started, I don't know, it's got to be 11 years ago, sending out just quotes to buddies every now and again. Okay? That, and then it grew from like three people to four people, and then those four people to share with somebody, and then they said, hey, you're the quote guy. And, and now it goes out to, I don't know, probably 5,000 people a day. Just you know, because it, it, I can live for a long time on one quote, and, and we got to start the day out right. And so, one of the companies I work with, they actually now, uh, because of a lot of it's a processing plants, so everybody's got a computer. You know, they actually have a quote will pop up on the screen of the computer in the morning, and it's just, it's, it's that constant messaging. You know, I'll give an example. You look at Coca Cola. Okay, I, I forget the exact numbers but between two thousand and fourteen. I think and two thousand and eighteen. Yeah. Coca-Cola spent, I believe it was like $3 billion a year in advertising. Drop in the bucket. We've all heard of Coke. Yeah. But they, they keep talking about it. They keep talking about it. And for some reason we think, well, we told them. I told them once. Well, you got to keep talking about it. Continue it. it. But, but again, that old thinking is,
1: was I told them. Well, we're, we're on, cruise, like construction is cruise control. Constru- when things are good. We don't need to do anything else. What what is the first thing that most companies do when things are bad? They start pulling back on marketing and messaging and getting their ideas out, their training, all that stuff. They get rid of all of that, which are the most essential things to keep to further grow. Exactly. You take that time to train them and invest in them. That was the one first thing I said during the beginning of the pandemic. I was like, take this opportunity to reevaluate your business. Figure out what the strengths are, what the weaknesses are, improve. Work on that. And you should be doing that. You should be right. doing it regardless. You don't need to have a situation that happened or whatever, but you should be doing that on a monthly basis if not even further.
0: There are some companies that I work with that we do a spot analysis quarterly. Where we just simply talk about what are our strengths, what are our weaknesses, where do we see some opportunities, where do we see some threats. Do it quarterly. And, you see, and, and you'd be surprised what comes out. I'll give you an example. I was working with this one place we did a Sometimes I'll do a SWOT analysis. We'll say, oh, the guys in the field more so or and one with the people in the office. So something that came up one time we were doing this uh, SWOT analysis, one of the gentlemen said, one of the threats that we see is we have one person that's trained to do a certain job. Okay. Which was, what, that's a threat. But they said, to add to that, we know he's smoking marijuana on the job. So we know he's not going to be with us for long. Okay, so you know, when you do these SWOT analysis, stuff like that gets brought up. So then I've actually said, can I bring this to senior management? And they said, yeah, by all means, so I went in and I said, look at this, you know, and of course they corrected that, and you'd be surprised how you do these SWOT analysis as you can find out, because you need to know also what your strengths are. You need to know who's strong in your team. You know, who am I going to invest in? You know, that, now that. where are our weaknesses?
1: Where do we see some opportunities? But not everybody's doing this. I mean, is it in fear of just what they... We have to tiptoe sometimes, Mark, in these days, right? Like, you have to be careful how you speak to people or what you imply. That's a whole other challenging part of this leadership, right? Or just try standing in front of people,
0: talking. Sometimes i no, that's
1: daunting, man. You know,
0: it, it can be challenging because yeah. it's just one wrong word, just, oh, boy. You know, and you can just you can see the eyes in the room. I'm like, I, I don't mean to offend people, but I just... Some people are softer than others. But, but but you know, to get back to what you're saying, like when you do a SWOT analysis, you know, obviously there's different ways to do them. But one of the easiest ways to do them, if, if we're worried, we just give everybody a little sticky note. Say, like, what do you think is the weakness? And they write it down, put the sticky note on the wall. It's all presented. It's Synonymous. Yeah, you
1: know, it's 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 just so I guess. But we need to take the time to but do that to get the conversation out. That's the problem is that you need to actually just begin to communicate. I go back to that. Well, exactly. But
0: and I, and I can't emphasize enough how a third party has the opportunity to do that. I'll give you an example. Well, oh, you one.
1: guys are fresh eyes. You look at things differently. You're not stuck in in their tunnel. Well,
0: and not only that is, an i
1: the interesting thing that I have because I literally grew up in the
0: trades. So I can. Welder can do anything. So they come. Like I spend a lot of time working on crushers. So and when you work on a kind of crusher, you're an electrician, you're a hydraulics expert, you're a welder, you're a mechanic. You do everything. That's just part of it. Yeah. And that being said, when I go into say on a job site or a precast plant in particular, I'll see some stuff sometimes, and, and I'll question. And and I'm not saying I'm a genius. It's just it's a fresh set of eyes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like. It's like my favorite couch number 20 years old. My wife tells me a new couch is my couch. <laughs> you know, that fresh set of eyes yes. does
1: wonders. Yes, it does. So. But construction is, they don't want to be told that they're doing something wrong because it's working in their eyes. Okay. So. But it's not, I'm saying, I'm disagreeing with it. It's not, it could be working better.
0: Okay, so a lot of it comes down
1: to questions.
0: One of the things that I've learned is, you can gain more with a question than you can with a statement. Yeah. So if, if something's going on, hey, look, is there a way to do this better? Like if, if you have it when you go onto the job site, every time you ask them, hey, is there a more efficient way to do this? You know, did we give you enough training? You, you keep asking those questions over and over and over. You know, they're going to know, look, at every time that Manny comes here, he's going to want to know if there's a more efficient way to do this. Yeah. yeah. But it, that's questioning. You're asking them for the answers. You're not telling them to do doing nothing wrong. And too easy, you know, a lot of us will say, because we're so knowledgeable, you know, myself in particular, like, I could win a gold medal in the Olympics, uh, being critical of of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, back when I managed Corey's, I could go into a Corey, and I could tell, like, within two minutes, something wasn't right. And, you know, and I didn't, maybe didn't take the time with the foreman to maybe ask to see if he saw it. I'd just say, well, fix that. And that's my fault. I shouldn't have did that. So like I said, if you want to learn to do something right, do it wrong. <laughs> so this is why I can share my mistakes.
1: Yeah. I want to ask you, Mark, about, because there is crossover between personal lives and your professional lives, and you could be an amazing leader, I guess, or you're building your leadership skills in your professional life, but then all of a sudden your personal life is probably taking a toll as a result. How do you balance those two?
0: Well, the, the interesting thing is, is I, I, I'm the same person pretty much at home as I am on the job. It's only one mark. I'm not smart enough to be two people. And the thing is, is that leadership begins in the home. It does. I'll give you a good example. When our kids were young, you know, we suggested that they go to work. And they were young. Like I want to say our oldest girl who's a registered nurse today, I want to say she might have been 10 or 11 and she started working. And we my wife and I were insistent that they did not spend their money. Every penny they made went into the bank. And we made sure that they had the nicest of clothes, like our girls are the best dressed in the school. They just, but their money went in the bank. Okay? Yeah. And I remember one time, you know, I said to them, but you girls, as soon as you get $5,000, I'll give you a $1,000. Well, sir, you can't imagine how that motivated them. Of course. But the reason I say this is today, both of them, you know, one just sold her condo, but both of them own condos, and they both own cars paid for in their early 20s, mid-20s. So that, that leadership begins in the home. And, you know, and I think the, the dangerous thing is today is some parents today don't do that. So the kids don't necessarily know, and this is where we have to you know, share it. With them. I'll give give an example. One of the things, if I can share again the mistakes that I made with somebody, yeah. hey, look, what, I did that. Don't do that. You know, like I, I remember when I was a kid, of course, I always wanted a nice car and whatnot. I've learned today that, you know, a, a car is literally the biggest waste of money you can ever have. It only took me 40 years to learn that. <laughs> but, but, you know, that being said, every, every young person wants that car, right? You're,
1: and you're trying to educate them. Yeah. That, yeah, young people don't want to listen. I didn't want to listen. Nobody wants to listen.
0: Well, exactly. And I can't emphasize enough how stories are so valuable. True, true story. My dad, when I was a kid because we owned a gravel business, the Ministry of Labor would come in. Okay? And he always told me, whenever they came in, don't talk to them, you don't, don't be nice to them, whatever you're doing, that was just old school, right? So this, one day this guy came in from the Ministry of Labor, and I've told this story probably 500 times. This gentleman comes in from the Ministry of Labor, his name was Ray Baudier. I might have been maybe 15 years old. I wasn't very old. And Ray... Come up to me, and he said, what are you doing here? As well, I'm working for my dad. And he said, okay. then." So he looked at a machine, and on the side of the screen deck, there was a walkway down the side, but on the, on the walkway, there was material that had fell off the screen and built up on the walkway that was not cleaned off, okay, which yeah. added extra weight. Ray said to me, he says, you see that material on that walkway up there? And I said, yeah. He said, you know, just last week, he says, there was a place in Quebec where that happened and there was extra material on there, and a gentleman walked down there, and because of the weight, and the gentleman the walkway broke off the machine, and that poor gentleman, he fell and he died. I've never forgotten that story. Mm-hmm. So like I say, our lives are full of stories. We have teachable moments every day. So again, we can share you know, what, what we've did, what we've learned, and share with people to be surprised. How, you know, I, th- I think they'll see when, when people see we have their best interest at heart, I really believe that they'll listen.
1: I wish more and more of those kinds of stories would be shared on social platforms because that's where a lot of the new generation is getting their information from. But a lot of people are just about the glitz and glam on social. They don't really want to talk about, I guess, negative situations that may have come up because it's not very interesting, I guess.
0: Well, it's, it's funny. I was talking to my assistant on the way down here and I said to her, you know one of the things that I've seen... Is that sometimes I feel if I say st- stuff to me that's so simple, to me I just think it's simple, but other people don't know it. Mm-hmm. And and you got to remember, we know more than we think we do. You know, we get somebody new and they come in, they they don't know what end of the shovel to hold. You know. So that being says we have to get back down. We have to help them learn this stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and I don't think we do it a good enough job because it just there's so. Let's let's face that I've always judged my salary. My mother is a retired school teacher, and I have a sister actually that teaches, of all places, she just teaches on an Army base or an Air Force base actually in Japan. So I've, I've got a long line of teachers in my family, okay? And I don't think I've ever worked a day in my life where I've made less money than a school
1: teacher. Using digital platforms in our industry is becoming more common, especially among the young folks, because it improves efficiency, prevents mistakes, and overall makes our lives as contractors easier. This is why we partnered with Connect Team, a platform built to manage, train, and communicate with your team. Connect Team's desktop version gives managers a live overview of the business to track work hours, create schedules, make sure the business meets compliance, and so much more employees just download the app to their mobile to clock in and out share safety reports and get updates all in one place ensuring they've got what they need to perform at their best connect team has a free plan and a 14-day free trial try them today by checking out the link in the show notes so that to me has always
0: been yeah that benchmark so that's a wonderful business or wonderful control industry to be in it really is you know the the if you, you know, you've got to learn how to save your money. And some of these companies have great pension plans. Like, it's just, it's a wonderful industry to be in. And then it's usually year-round. Like, there's always, you know, there's such a demand today that you're never, you know, I've got neighbors asking me to do work on their houses
1: because they can't get anybody. Do you think the stigma is still attached to this industry? Do you still think that they look at this dirty job oh, as, for sure. as not, like, my potential? I could be doing far more than this. Where I look at it like, there's so much potential in construction.
0: So, so there's two stories here. I was doing some work with this underground utilities company. Okay. And I forget what question I asked. But um, oh, I know what, sometimes I'll ask the question, you know, what's your biggest challenge growing up? And I'll ask everybody, there, what's your biggest challenge? And there's one gentleman, both of his parents were, we'll say, academics. I think they might have both worked for the government. And he shared how he wanted to be an electrician. Uh, today, this gentleman is a master electrician, very successful. He's a foreman on the, for looking after this good guy, just the salt of the earth. They wish he could clone him. And he says, you know, my parents were so upset when I told them I wanted to go into the trades. And he said, that broke my heart that the parents were upset. Mm. Okay, so that's one story. Second story, I was at Con Expo, and this is probably 15 years ago in Las Vegas. And I signed up for this um, seminar how to attract and retain people in the construction industry. Because this has been going on for a long time, like this just didn't develop. And the, the, the interesting thing was, is the speaker said something I never forgot. This is, you know, when a child is young, you know, we'll give them toys to play in the sandbox with. We encourage them to play in the sandbox. And then as soon as they hit about nine or 10, we say, don't do that, that's, you know, that's beneath you. You, you come do something else. So you're right, the stigma's there. I, when was the last time you were in a Toys R Us store? I drove by it the other day. If, if you want to see why nobody's in the trades, go to a Toys R Us store. They got a little see. shelf that are half the size of that wall full of, like, toys. <laughs> and the rest is, like, purses and, like... How, how's a little boy going to learn the trades from with that? I'm sorry, it's, it's not there. It's the messaging.
1: But is it also the parents? It's the parents, it's the school system, it's school everything. School system, yeah. So it's all being taken out. Well, exactly. But it's the one segment of this country and probably every country that is missing. Like it's, we need more and more people paying attention to this. But you're right. It's funny you bring up that nine-year-old like that. It, when they're kids, they enjoy it. They get a kick out of them playing with toys and pretending to fill up dump trucks and things like that. And But the moment that they get to a certain age where it's like, now let's start talking about a serious career choice. But construction is a serious career choice. For sure it is. For sure it is. It's going to be interesting to see all the younger trades right now that have young families right now. And... A lot of them are talking about how they're just waiting for them to grow up so then they can get onto the job site. And a lot of them actually are bringing on the job site, and they get a little flack for bringing them onto the job site because they're little kids and they shouldn't be on this dangerous environment. But that's the parenting. So if you want to protect them, you can protect them and they can be on But at least they're getting a sense of what this this industry is all about. It's going to be interesting to see this whole generation of young families and what happens to their children regarding construction.
0: So it's funny you should bring that up. One of the things that I've witnessed... And I've probably did it myself. Um, so my my dad had a kind of unique sense of humor. Okay, he thought a great thing for me to do on a Sunday afternoon was to lie underneath all the trucks and grease them and, and look for loose bolts and hoses or rubbing or wires or rubbing so nothing would you know, trucks and we had trucks and loaders and everything. That, that was he thought that was a great thing for me to do when I was a kid. All my friends were playing with girls and I'm playing with trucks, okay? <laughs> Now, today, I can walk by something, I can spot a, a loose nut, or I can see that you get no idea how intuitive I am with that stuff. I okay? guess so I'm grateful that he did that. However, I always said I will never let my kids do that. And I think what happened is we've got an entire generation that grew up like me that says I'm never going to let my kids do that.
1: That's why I bring up the point it's going to be interesting in the next 15, 20 years to see this group of kids coming from tradespeople if they will get into the industry because the parent may say the exact same thing. Yeah. It,
0: and the worst of it is is that I think the government is doing everything they can to hurt us. I'll give you a good example. I went to a, um, a breakfast, this is probably five years ago maybe, and, and if I if I repeat incorrectly, please forgive me, but one of the VPs was there from the RBC Bank. Okay. Okay. And he, you know, we, we talk about how we can't get people and all this. And he gave a very interesting talk. He says, you know, you feel you can't get people. He said, we've literally loaned out billions of dollars to companies to expand. And now these companies can't get the people to fill these plants, operate this equipment, We'd like to get paid, and, and and then he said something I never forgot. He says business is doing everything that they can to speed up, okay. which we are, and he said government is doing everything that they can to slow us down, which they are. Why? I, th- I think because they don't know what they don't understand. They don't. It.
1: They don't understand how to. Uh... You should be speaking to the government regarding leadership. Oh, don't get me going there. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because I don't
0: know if you list my podcast. I, I did a podcast back when COVID was on. And it, uh, it's interesting because, you know, Kuzas and Posner wrote this book, Leadership Challenges, and there's these five things that every leader needs to do. Yeah. And, you know, one of them is enable, enable others to act. Okay. When COVID is on, we're not allowed to think for crying out loud. No. You, you know what I mean? And another one is challenge the process. We weren't allowed to challenge the process. So, of course, there, you know, it, it's funny. It was this morning. I, was, I get up at the hotel, and I, I, I just listened to a podcast, and it was a social media. But I woke up early, and I got thinking, you know, if I woke up, and if I banged my head on the table, I fell out of bed and smashed my head, and thought, you know, is there something I can do to screw up the country today? I don't think I could do as good a job as what they're doing <laughs> right today. I, I just I
1: don't think it's possible. It's time to fix the country. What are the other five? There's five principles. I know that you brought that up, but uh, what are the other three?
0: Uh, actually, I put the slide on here just in case. So for, so the, that being said, of course, model the way. Got it. And, and of course, I'll give you an example. If I show up for work late, are they going to be on time? Of course. If I don't wear my safety Reflection. glasses. You know, if, yes. if I don't wear my ear protection, are they going to work? it? Of you know? course. You know, of course, the, the second one is inspire a shared vision. Yeah. You know, what would, are, are we doing that? I, 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 again, I think we could do a better job. We can always okay? do a better job. Challenge the process. You know, we can always challenge the process like you just said. There's, is there I a better should. way we can do this? Why? You know? Exactly. And of course, the, the, the fourth one is enable others to act. Okay? And the fifth one is encourage the heart,
1: The emotional connection.
0: Yeah. And, and, and again, if we just do those five things... It's amazing you know, how
1: much more we can actually do. How much better your business and productivity and your, your crew, people. The efficiency, the amount of work, that kept fun. You would enjoy it, look forward to it. We've
0: got people coming in all industries who don't know how to critical think. They don't know how to do
1: anything. They're afraid to speak up.
0: Like I, I think it was on your podcast, It so there that that uh, might have been the teacher that you had on here last week, maybe. He says people don't use a measuring tape. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so that I think so. I so for those listeners, uh, obviously on social media, I built a. I have a big one of those kind of like a green egg barbecues, and I built a, a stand for it to fit in with the countertop and everything on the weekend. Yeah, my neighbor's an awesome guy. He really is. Okay, he's a high school teacher, and he came out and he says like, I wouldn't even know where to begin. But he's a teacher. I, I'm not knocking him. I'm just, he, he, uh, we all have strengths, right? Yes. Yeah, we you all have strengths. Of, yeah. I'm sure he can do things that I can't do. Okay. But uh, uh, so, uh, I kind of used to make fun of because when, when you, know, you got to remember, is very high tech, and there's a lot of very smart people there. Like, that they could literally build a self-driving car to drive to the moon. But the neighbor moved away a few years ago, but he um, needed air in his bicycle tire. And he took his bike to the
1: bike shop. To get the air in the tire? Yeah. I got a funny story to share about back in high school times. I had a friend of mine, his older brother worked for NASA. So he worked here in Toronto for the Canada Arm. Super smart guy. As kids, you're probably at the same time. So we used to do cassette tapes and we would get funky with our cassette tape covers and we would find a picture in a magazine or something like and we would like make our mixtape and yep. everything like that, right? So we would do some cool things and we would just try to one up at every time, right? And then one day his older brother, the scientist, right? The NASA engineer. And um, he was looking at it and he's just studying this tape and he's just studying it. And, and you're, you're looking at him trying to rack things up and then he's like, oh, you print all this before you apply it onto the cassette tape. I'm like, yeah, did you think that we actually put the tape through the typewriter to kind of, that's what he thought. Yeah. So it's like it's a different thought process. He, and, and we just looked at each other going, his mind is so driven on this one thing that that's how he fixed things and he takes here. But I guess when it came to something as simple as how do you decorate a, a cassette tape and how do you label this or do this? And his first thought was like, you, the machinery is not there to produce this. And we're like, no, it's literally as simple as just put it on this piece of paper and you take it off and apply it. And that's as simple as it got, right? So I'm not surprised that he would have to go to the store to get air in the tires, right?
0: So, so, so this is where I was saying earlier where, and again, I'm not knocking them because we need them. Mm-hmm. Some of them are academic people. They struggle with these people skills. Yeah. You know, it, 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 and one of the things we have to do
1: is we have to unlearn and learn. But that's a challenge when you, isn't it, I read it somewhere recently, by the time you're a certain age, you've already set in your ways regarding how you're going to learn things. Like there's a certain age, and we're past it right now, but this is how you're going to learn things. And it's harder for you to unlearn it, to relearn it a a different way.
0: That's true. Uh, But I think all of us are open to learn. Like I'll give an example. So this keynote I just did, I used Apple keynote. Yeah. Yeah. I learned this. I do it all yeah. myself. Yeah, and I, I'm, believe me, I, I'd rather be out working on the welder than doing this. Trust me. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. So, so that, so like I say, we've all we, we can all learn. I, I think there's, uh, you know, I think there's a certainly opportunity for a lot of us to learn. But again, some of this technology stuff—it's interesting. I gave a talk at the, I don't know, was at the mining show, the, the at international mining show one time. Okay. And there was, I want to say, six of us on a all kind of a panel, given different talks. I was there obviously talking about leadership and talking about people skills and how to work with people. And the other five presenters, very good, very skilled, all of their talks were how to build machines to get rid of people. Hmm. All automation, right?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. It just depends what your focus is. We're never going to get away without... Just
1: Especially in construction. You can come up with as many automated machinery to do certain big things, um, establishing things. But when it comes to the actual work itself, it's you're not going to be replaced by some robot that's going to be standing next to you that's going to do a better job than you as a, as a Person, well, I don't. I don't. Not in our lifetime. I don't. Definitely not. Think.
0: I can't see it. No. Next time your toilet plugs, let's see if
1: your computer can fix the toilet. No, it can't. It doesn't work. Yeah, even though they're making them all app-enabled and electronic and everything like that, it's a toilet plug. Is still a toilet plugged. Exactly.
0: Exactly. So I I, I
1: couldn't agree more. And, and and again,
0: there's so much emphasis on, um, you know, some of the electronic stuff. And so so it's funny that you know you'd mentioned that, and you know, I want to bring this up about my hearing because. I, I want to mention it to, to the listeners because you've got a big listener base here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When I was young, I always thought earplugs, dust masks, all that stuff was for sissies.
1: There was that. Yeah. I know. And of course, today I'm what's called profoundly deaf. As a result of the construction industry? Just being around too much noise. Okay.
0: And of course, now and that's no fun when you're deaf, trust me. So, this, so the reason I say this is that you know I remember one time I get in to see this doctor, and it was quite an ordeal to get in to see this specialist with my hearing and I remember we were talking and you know i before he did my hearing test and i said i said we're doing all this work to 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 have a car that drive itself and I said, ninety percent of the people won't use cruise controls I don't know how they're going to let the car drive itself and I said, I really wish they'd focus on something like a leg or something for my hearing and he said and he just let me talk right he didn't, if he wasn't you know, just doctor, right? Being yeah. a doctor. Yeah. And so no, they did the test for my hearing, and then he brings them out, and he says, like, he says, like buddy. like And he went down the ranges. He says there's moderate deaf and And he says, see this at the bottom of the page? He says, this is profound deaf. He says, you are what's called profound
1: deaf. What exactly is that?
0: It means you can't hear anything. Like you got I 15% of the hearing. Wow. And hearing aids, of course, they weren't doing it. And he, so then the reason I bring this up, he said to me, he says, you know how you were talking about, you know, maybe they could build do something to, for you know, to help with the hearing. He says they actually have something. It's called a cochlear implant, and he says you need two of them. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, that was one of the most emotional days of my life because I left there. I literally went outside. And it was all I do to choke back tears. Like I was, you know, 50 years of age, early 50s, and to be told that, you know. Found deaf, and I'm never going to hear my grandkids. Like it was pretty emotional, and the reason I want to bring this up because to me it's 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 interesting. So what saved me that day? I want to show a picture of my friend Tom. This is my friend Tom. Okay, so Tom lost his leg. Tom and I grew up together. Tom was a truck driver. Tom's not a celebrity. He's not a movie star. Tom's just a truck driver. Okay, Tom lost his leg. And a result of him losing his leg, he's now did the Boston Marathon, he's did the New York City Marathon, he's doing New York, I think, again this fall.
1: Didn't do any before that? No.
0: So the first thing I thought of was that, you know, if Tom can get by with that and have a better life, I I think I can have a better life.
1: What motivated him to...
0: I, I'm not sure, and it's funny, I just I bumped into him last week, but like, I, I love Tom. So like I guess I just want to say this is influence. That's the influence at its finest right yeah, there. Yeah, It really is. That's how people influence us, because we don't know who's watching us. We don't know who's watching us. Good for him. Yeah, so, so that being said, I'm I going to show you a quick picture. So that they did, literally do is they do a five-hour operation. They put this thing kind of inside you, buried in your head, and they literally put the – it's a speaker that goes into your ear drum, so they disconnect your ear. And of course, then there's little clip that goes on the side of my ear, and, and I was always somewhat reluctant to do this. That I don't want something stuck on the side of my head. And now I almost wear it with, with a badge of honor. But but it, it's what what's so cool about this is that I can actually hear. I went through the drive-through this morning. Mm-hmm. That's the first time I went through a drive-through in years. I could actually hear them. So like it, it's it's one of those things. That I just think it's so amazing that there is technology out there, you know, that, that we can you know, all all benefit from.
1: And I'm going in the 23rd of August for a second one. And so the hearing is fine now, or is it...
0: It it is, but when I take this thing off, I'm deaf. And it's funny because my wife, you know, I love her to death, but when we go to bed at night, she usually loves to start a fight.
1: I see what this is. I I saw it already coming. I know.
0: So when I go to bed now, I can't hear her. So I have not had a fight in bed since I got this bionic ear. So, So it's not all bad. It's not all bad.
1: Well, at least you got your hearing now. No, it's good. But, I mean, it's 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 unfortunate that it came from, and, and a lot of guys are like that, and I'm, I'm seeing a lot of kids are not paying attention to this, and I have to tell myself sometimes, too. I was like, it's loud, man. Just put the muffs on. Just protect your earring.
0: You have to. Like I said, I, again, I thought it was beneath me. That's for yes, sissies. Yes. That's for sissies. That's
1: gone. But uh, you'd be surprised. A lot of the younger kids, we think that we're young. We're super men and women. We don't need it. Yeah. We're tough. We could take it. Ah, oh, you'll start feeling it soon enough. So, th- so the only reason I share this is that there's going to be some people out there, maybe somebody will wear earbuds
0: now and, and hopefully course. save their hearing. So I just, I wanted to share something with you because I, I, there, there's so much truth to this. Remember how we, we, we were talking about messaging and how, you know, I, I, we want to make sure and have the right messaging for the industry yeah. and do whatever. Okay. Yeah. So I, I have shown this picture on how many times? You ever been to the Dairy Queen? Have, have, yeah. Have yeah. been a peanut butter? I haven't market? had one in a long time, but yeah. So, so I just, I wanted to share something. So you're going to look at that right now. I, I don't want you to think about that. Okay. Okay. So I don't want you to think about it, and, and I don't want you to look at that chocolate at the bottom with the peanuts, sir. Okay. <laughs> and and, and the, see, they put a little bit of ice cream at the bottom. Yeah. And, and maybe not enough, but they put a bit of ice cream in, and then they put more chocolate on top with the peanuts, right? Yeah. And then a bit more ice cream, and I can promise you the one you get is not going to look as good as that. Of course not. So did you notice is that I was talking about that, and you were looking at that. You couldn't help but think about it. Yeah, of course. Okay, so that's how messaging works with leadership, with somebody's future. It's just that simple. It's not complicated.
1: Just create the picture.
0: Create the picture and talk about it. You know, maybe today it's a peanut butter, peanut butter Buster parfait. Maybe tomorrow, what's a banana split? But you you, you got to talk about these things. You got to paint the picture. Do
1: the same thing for your business. Because
0: it, it, it and like I say, it, it's. Whether we like it or not, the picture is being painted by the government. So I'll give you an example. I was doing some training with this company. And, I, and I actually, I shared that, and, and we talked about things. And some of these companies I got to work with, I'm really lucky. They're family businesses. And this particular company was a husband and wife, and they manage a really successful landscaping business. And the, the, the reason I say this, and there's some significance to this, is that they said that uh, you know, when COVID is on, they went to take their – kids to go visit their grandparents. And the kids started to bawl their eyes out when they told them they were going to take them to their grandparents. So the mothers says like, why? You love your grandparents. And they said, uh, we don't want to kill them. We were told if we go to see anybody, we're going to kill them. So the messaging is there. Our kids are hearing it. Yes, Everybody's hearing it. It's, it's our jobs to step up and say, hey, look, at, you know, life is going to go on. This is, you know. Believe it or not, there was glaciers here on Earth before. There was dinosaurs. The world's constantly changing. And it, it's one of those things that, you know, I think us as leaders, we, we can paint that picture. You know, then it's interesting. when I don't want to dwell too much on COVID, but there's some, some significance of this. When, when I was in Vegas with my wife in March 2020, when the whole world went nuts. Yeah, I was we're down there, there in February. Yeah. yeah, we were down there at Con Expo. And of course, you know, the kids kept, hey, get home, they're closing the airports and all this, right? So I, 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 it's the best book I ever read was the Bible, read it cover to cover. The the, the last half, I think I've did three times now. And and the the reason I say this is the most common phrase in the Bible is do not live in fear. It's mentioned 365 times. Hmm. That's pretty simple. So like I said, I've learned to not live in fear because I'm not running the show. And that's, that's how I look at it. And I think there's a lot we can gain by just, hey, look at, you know, we're, we're, whether you want to believe in... But, but don't most
1: people just wake up, Mark, in fear? A lot of people wake up in fear. They just don't understand what they have is more than enough?
0: Well, well, well it is. And the thing is, is that I heard this the other day. I thought it was so good. Uh, the guy says, you know, if you suffer with depression, it's because you're living in the past. Mm-hmm. You're hanging on. And, and if you've got anxiety, it's because you're living in the future.
1: Yeah. You, you
0: you just living today. yeah. But, but you're right. That fear is there. But everywhere you get it, it's like you can't, the, you can't turn on the TV for going out loud and they're talking about how so bad it is.
1: I don't watch the TV anymore. I don't pay attention to any of that stuff. Anymore. Neither do I. But it's unfortunate because it's all around you when you try to walk around and it's just there or people will talk to you about certain things. You're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. No, we're just trying to enjoy. I want to. We're getting close to the end, and I want to ask you the twelve questions. But you do a lot of guest speaking. I mean, you're gonna you you do you go to Concrete Expo well every year? Are you uh, planning on going in again? Toronto, yeah, in Toronto. Yeah,
0: I usually give a talk there every year. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. so
1: you're going to be there again in February, right? So uh, yes. yes, So yeah, and then I, I please share because I know this as well. The 10,000 10, hours like that whole philosophy about doing something 10,000 hours, and that's basically your training at that point. I know you mentioned it on your website, on, your, um, on a podcast that you did.
0: Yeah, well, that was actually uh, Malcolm Gladwell's book, yeah. Outliers. Yeah. It, it, it takes 10,000 hours to be good at something, or five years. And, and for some reason, we bring some in, and we just expect them to know everything first day. That's why I say we know more than we think we do. And not only that is that what happens is that, and I'm guilty of this, I compare my strengths to somebody else's weaknesses. Oh, all we all of us walk around all day comparing. That's what we do. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Just it,
1: stop it. Exactly. And I, I love that you say uh, soft skills for the hard hats.
0: Yeah, I put that program together just because I think it's... I, I, funny thing is I, I wanted to call it soft skills for the hard ass, and then i was told that maybe that I, I actually
1: just made it a note saying soft skills for hard hats for hard heads <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it's,
0: but it, but again some people let's just say they don't have the same sense of humor that maybe that i do
1: uh, in construction we do we we get it sometimes for the most part but uh i haven't come across anybody i guess is overly s- too sensitive or whatever if you had a of just walk away right whatever yeah, I don't know. I don't have time for that shit. I'm trying to not have time for that shit anymore, right? So,
0: Well, the, the, you're right. Now I'm much the same way, but I've got to be careful sometimes to say, if I go to a company and something, HR, they typically maybe speak a different language it's than I different.
1: do. It's different. And I know we touched upon the government thing around here, but is there is there one thing, because I, I personally don't think the government is doing enough for construction, and I know recently someone shared a post about... Um, electrical and the government was giving out grants up to the tunes of two million dollars or something like that for specific trades or specific people to get into trades electrical trade but um it was just designed for certain segments of the population right and and i just said i i got thinking and they were a little upset about this right that basically certain people that are actually the majority of the trade weren't going to get any of these incentives at, at all But people that weren't necessarily interested in getting into the trades are going to get all these incentives, right? So is there anything else that the government can do right now to improve getting more people into trades?
0: Have you heard of the Canadian
1: Ontario Job Grants? There's lots of them. There's lots of them. But there's a lot of strings.
0: Not necessarily. Okay. So, and again, because we leverage it as a company to do training. And every office is different because it's government, but most of the time we'll say I can even get my training funded by the government for a company. So that that to me, if, if there is such a thing as a good program the government does, it's the Canadian Ontario Job Grants. And it's just, it's it's interesting. Remember the first time that I did any road work for the Ministry of Transportation, MTO, okay? I remember this guy, we, excellent guy, he, remember he, kind of taught me the ropes. And he says, Mark, he said, don't ever forget when you're doing something with like the ministry, he said, they build their roads on paper. <laughs> so it's like anything with the government. It's like how you fill out the form. Yeah. And, 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 and that's basically it. But, but that being said, there is funding. So say, for example, you have somebody that works for you, and you want to provide them with training, whether it's, you know, it's got to have some sort of a certificate, okay? but they will fund the training for it for it but again it's how the paperwork is and that's again how it works with me Is I say for example that almost every company has somebody that they want to train you know look here's, here's a great you know person on the floor we can teach him leadership skills we'll make him a foreman Got it. and that being said I can get usually funding for that and then what I typically do for the company look at you know I'll do the whole damn company if you get the grant I'll do the whole company with this guy in it cuz it's it's no fun with just one person. No. Nope. And not of that is it, it's, it doesn't necessarily work as well. And one of the things if, uh, what, with all the training I've did, uh, if the senior leadership doesn't take it or doesn't buy into it, the, the junior leadership won't do it. No, they won't follow. So that being said, I always offer, hey, look, let's do everybody, same price, and we'll do it. So like I say, that being said, what I do, I can typically get it covered you know, with that funding. So there is, yes, there is. So there's s-
1: opportunities. You just, you got to get these people to, to look for them.
0: Or, or if you get, you know, get a hold of me, and we're, we're pretty good at it. Okay.
1: So, so that being said, yes, there is, there, there's
0: funding. And like I say, the, the government has some stuff that's questionable. This is a really good program. It really is. So it's not all bad.
1: Okay. Is there anything else you want to bring up I, that we haven't covered we covered quite a bit
0: yeah we did talk but uh, I I believe we could probably go for two more hours but no for sure
1: and I, I just I, I know that we talked a lot about it. it's just a reflection it's like if you're the leader it's just you got to just see what what's the message that you want to present and that's the kind of people that you're going to attract to your organization that's going to grow and that's going to make your business better
0: I, I think the first thing we have to accept is that everything rises and falls on leadership
1: yeah you know if,
0: if something's yeah. not going right look in the
1: mirror First. Yeah. I've always said to everybody, just first fix yourself. Yeah. Once you fix yourself, you figured out how to fix yourself, you've actually been honest with yourself on what the faults are, what the pros, cons are, everything like that. Then you can actually start to assess on how to make it better yeah. and then take those lessons and then start expressing them for the rest of the team. But, but, but not in that is that it's
0: really easy to fall back. Yeah. I, I'll give you an example. Again, I've told this story many times. Could, could, you're married, are you? No. Okay. So I, I, can, <laughs> I can remember the very first date with my wife. Okay. Okay. And I, 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 was, I, I checked when I came here. I think it was in 1986. Ever, I'm, I'm an old guy. And, and, I, and I remember my very first date with her. I, I remember getting, I remember I bought a shirt with a collar. I remember getting in the shower and a bunch of aftershaves. If a little bit's good, a lot's better. Like I wanted to impress this girl. And I remember I picked her up my I was driving a pickup truck on the floor so clean you could eat off the floor. And I go to the door and I pick her up and open the door for her, open, like at the house, and open the door of the truck, she gets in, she looked beautiful. You can't imagine how beautiful this girl looked. And I, I took her to what they call Hennessy's Restaurant in the Renfrew Mall. The mall is even gone now, but so that was the nicest place in Renfrew, okay? okay? And I pulled out her chair and I did everything to impress her, okay? And then, of course, I was lucky enough to get in a second day because I already liked this girl. I would say maybe three months down the road, I've traded in you know the nice shirt for a T-shirt, t-shirt. I'm jeans and a pair of cowboy boots, and she's got her sweatshirt and jeans on. And we're going to the St. Bears in Ottawa, where there's a booth. She can get her own chair now, there's a booth. <laughs> and I said, you know, if you get the two-leg dinner, I can help you eat it. <laughs> so like, I, the reason I point this out is that, you no, know, I, I know, I was so good in the first date, and, you know, today I probably love her more than ever did, but it's so easy to fall back. And then to add to that... One of the things that I really have to, and I have to catch myself with this, is sometimes because I'm so comfortable with her, because we've been married for 33 years, I guess, I maybe don't answer her in a nice way because I'm so comfortable complacency. Exactly. Mm. So I just I want to point that out. It happens to all of us. So we can work real hard to get the people, but then we got to stay at it. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And, and that's why we have to kind of continually work on this stuff. You've got to work on it daily. It's
1: constant evolving. You yeah. have to. Just because you had a great year doesn't mean you're going to have a great year next year. Like you said, rise and fall. Exactly. Mark, it's been a pleasure. Uh, let's do the 12 questions. Mark Nesbitt is here. Nesbitt Training, uh, www.nesbittraining.ca, mark at nesbittraining.ca, and, and on IG, mark.nesbitt. You're also on other social platforms as well, but yeah, it's I'm all connected linked, yeah. to the website, right? Yes, on yeah. the website, yes. So you can find them there. All right, ready for the 12 questions? Here? Sure. What's your favorite construction word? Profit. <laughs> What's your least favorite construction word? Can't. What turns you on in construction?
0: Progress. I like seeing think there's progress, stuff happening. That's those. construction. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, what turns you off in construction? Complicated for no reason. Just drama. <laughs> for the sake of drama.
0: Well, and sometimes it's, you know, I, my, my best friend's an engineer, but boy, they can complicate things like, why well, wouldn't you just do it the easy way? What's your favorite curse word? Uh, my favorite curse word. I guess the F word. I, I, I drop that from time to time. I try not to,
1: but I do. Yeah. What's your favorite vehicle, anything in the world?
0: i, I well, It's funny because I grew up watching Burt Reynolds and his Trans Am and Smoking the Bandit. That, that's the ultimate car. The crap. Phoenix.
1: The <laughs> <laughs> Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, what's your least favorite vehicle? EVs. <laughs> you and I are on the same page. Yeah. What's your, uh, sorry, what construction sound or noise do you love?
0: Have you ever heard a jaw crusher crush and
1: rock? It's got that funny sound of like, Metal kind of scraping against stone yeah, first. It's like a rum, rum, rum. It's yeah, just, it's and music then, there's, to my ears. then there's like this crack. Yes. Like it's a, it's, a, it's a unique kind of crack. Yes. Yeah, it's an interesting sound, yeah.
0: So I guess that's just music to my ears. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what well, construction sound and noise do you hate? Probably backup alarms, especially God, these oh, new ones. Like, I, I joked on another show recently where I was like, give it a beat. Why can't we have a rhythm to it instead of, I don't know, but that might be distracting. <laughs> <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day?
0: Oh god. i don't know. I've I've did so much. I I think at this stage I, I'm somewhat um I guess complacent. I, I think I'd be just happy operating a piece of equipment.
1: There's a the joy in that. Yeah. There's the fun and joy. You know, totally. No stress. Yeah. No stress. What profession would you not like to do? Oh God. Accounting. <laughs> Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? Uh,
0: what I want him to say, I'm proud of you, my son. Pretty simple. Simple. Yeah.
1: Mark, absolute pleasure, man. Thanks so much for making the trek out here and being on the show and fitting it in. And uh, I'll probably bump into you at the Concrete Expo there. So Yeah, beautiful. We're talking with them about doing some things. so We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, no, it's, I love what you're doing. I love the messaging you're getting out there and getting more and more people to understand their businesses can be better.
0: Again, you know, it's interesting. So Jack Welch used to end every talk with
1: "Change before you have to." Mm. Pretty simple. It is pretty simple. Thanks very much, Mark. Thank you. Right here, Angeline.